Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Allegro podcast. In today's episode, I talk to Avery Bartlett. Avery is a multiple-time state champion, he's an NCAA All-American, ACC champion, and a 147-800 meter runner. In today's episode, Avery and I talk about his running journey, experience as a student-athlete at Georgia Tech, his podcast, Computer Science, and much more. Hope you all enjoy. Allegro. Allegro. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Avery. Uh, to start off this episode, can you talk a little bit about how you started your running journey? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, I, I really don't have an exciting start to the story. It's pretty similar to most people. It's it's just this, the basic. I was uh, really, really high energy and annoying when I was in like high school, middle school. So my mom was like, you have to do a sport. And so for me, having to do a sport was soccer. But I wasn't good enough on my soccer team to make because to make varsity because you know I went to Childs in Florida and, and we were like a prodigy school when it comes to soccer and I'm not saying like you know I I, I mean I, I wasn't that good in the like I wasn't amazing I was pretty average maybe above average I was just fast and athletic but bottom line is is that I was training for soccer and ended up being way better at running than I was at you know the other sport and so I just stuck with it and uh, you know here we are now. And I just kept going with it. But I mean, uh, another thing to mention about the the program um, is that I I think, you know, I, I had one of the most intense coaches in, I, I mean, I've ever met, like talked to on the pro level, on the college level, like my high school coach is still one of the most intense coaches I've ever met, the most serious. And so I think he wouldn't have even let me switch to soccer once I joined to begin with, which is, but you know, I mean, I, I have a lot to thank for him, but he's really intense. <laughs> sure yeah nice nice all right so i like to ask every guest uh this question but uh from like the start of your running career in uh early high school to present day uh what do you consider your greatest running accomplishment i mean i i feel like just like looking at just like straight up um you know the farthest i've gotten probably my greatest running accomplishment is winning an acc championship um I mean, my PR is pretty good. I've ran 147, you know, many times. I was pretty, pretty consistent in college. I think I think I ran 147 like 12 times, which I'm pretty proud of. Um, and also, I think I'm forgetting the stat, but I, I think it was around like 20. To, I, I in college, I won around 20 to 25 races, which is on the the high end of uh, of things. So I think generally that stuff. But the the accomplishment that I felt the most proud of after I finished it was probably my first state championship, my junior year of high school. That was probably the, the happiest I've ever been after an accomplishment. Wow, but yeah. you know, the farthest I've gotten was probably, you know, the probably, probably like my junior senior year in college. Yeah, definitely. And it's super cool to see that like consistency across all those 800 performances and like throughout your career. That's, that's really cool to hear. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned, you've mentioned this multiple times in your podcast, uh, but just for like the listeners, uh, what do you consider? Or, I mean, what do you prefer uh, more, cross country or track? Yeah. <laughs> so you know the answer to this one. But so I've I like 
I don't think like every single cross country season I've ever had from the start of my freshman year in, in high school to the end of my fifth year in, in college, I've been faking it. I've been faking it every step of the way. Like there's, 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 I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not talented. I got a good bit of speed, but like aerobically it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic over here. Uh, so I mean, the hardest workouts ever ran were in cross country. The hardest races I've ever ran were in cross country. I'm just faking it every step of the way. And it's just, it's hard. It's absolutely just devastating. So like, sometimes I hear people like, I'm saying Cooper Cheer was saying about, he thinks like cross country is easy and I couldn't relate less. You know, it's like, I come through one K of an eight K and, and I'm already all out. And I, and I have like, you know, I'm an eighth through the race. So <laughs> I prefer track. track. I prefer, that's where this is going. I prefer track. <laughs> yeah yeah for me i actually i i love cross country so much like I, lo- I love every season uh but i just love like the longer distances personally and like all the aerobic stuff even like workouts i prefer like tempos long runs like like 10 mile workout yeah but the the sprinting stuff is not where my strength lies you know i still like the sprinting stuff but i definitely prefer the aerobic workouts and the cross country season personally yeah. And, 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 you know, as I've said, like, you know, my, my talents aren't there. I I can do sp- like all my most impressive workouts are definitely speed oriented and like my best aerobic work. I mean, when I say aerobic workout, you know what I mean? Like running a distance over 800 meters, not that fast. Like, but like, like none of my distance workouts are that impressive compared to uh, where I'm at. But I mean, it, there, there's definitely a, I mean, I definitely understand. And, and sometimes I wish I was more aerobically fit um, sometimes, but you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta know who I am. You know, I have to, I have to know that, you know, something, something's got to work for. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For sure. So speaking of workouts, uh, I mean, this is a classic like question that you get probably, but what's your favorite workout or type of run? Uh, my favorite type of run is probably like, uh, like an easy run, you know, going like eight minute pace on the hard, but favorite workout. If I have to pick, I love, I love, love, love 200s. Uh, where I can just kill the last rep. So, you know, the, the the first the first part like of the workout. Let's say for an example, one I like is that I did a lot in college. is It's not a hard workout. It's more of a tune up workout, but I love it. It's a uh, it's twelve by two hundred, and you start out going thirty one, which isn't that fast, you know, for an eight hundred runner running a thirty one two hundred, and then you slowly by the end of it get down to you know what you know could be you know, all out. And, and then, you know, we'd hit in like a 23 at the end. It was just tons of fun. So, and, and, and I mean, 200 workouts, unless like there's 30 seconds of rest are never that hard. So for me at least, so definitely 200s, big 200 guy. Yeah. Two, 200s are fun. Like we normally do them at the end of like workouts. So it's just really fun to just like run. Like, just rip it. Yeah. 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 For sure. uh, all right. So, so, go for oh, it. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say another fun thing uh, about those workouts is there's this game that we made up called the pacing game. And it's, and we, and it, this originated in like cross country when we'd be doing like 20 by 300, but pretty much what it is, is you would, you would, you would alternate leading reps and you'd call out what you're going to hit. So like if the, if the workout is like, okay, hit, you know, 30 to 31 and you say, I'm going to hit 30.5 and you go and you're within 0.2 seconds of it, that counts as a point and you get to run the next one again. 
And so by the end of like who can hit the reps like the most accurate, the closest to them, or like closest to like what you call it, uh, wins. And, and it ends up like making those workouts way more fun because I mean, let's be honest, running can sometimes suck, but you know, having games in there can make it a lot better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Game games are fun. So uh, yeah, like so transitioning to your high school career, like like you said, where your running uh, really started. Um, according to my research, you went or yeah, you went to high school in Tallahassee, uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, t- like the major like running training places, I'd say in like the U.S. at least are like you know Boulder, Albuquerque, Flagstaff. But like recently, like I found out that like Tallahassee is like a big place to run. Uh, I know in your podcast episode with Kyle Merber, uh, he mentioned that they go there for like training camp sometimes. Yeah. So yeah, what was the experience running there? Uh, and you've mentioned like the trails are amazing. So how was that experience like? Yeah. So, and, and, and the thing of like, you don't really think of it as like a running hub is because a lot of big groups come to Tallahassee. Like I know like Centro is even trained there for, had a training camp down there. It's in the winter. So wherever they're at, the winters are just covered in snow and it sucks and you're just on a treadmill. But Tallahassee winter is, is almost prime. It's like 50 degrees. Trails are amazing, as I've described. Like, it's, it, it, it's, it's like ridiculous. Uh, like, like, you wouldn't think like anywhere in Florida really would have, I mean, maybe like 10 options of like really good trails. And like all 10 options are better than anything in Atlanta. Like, they're all great. Um, and, and that was like where my running career started. So it's not like I even knew that was like, you know, paradise. It was the best place ever to run, but you know, it did, it did make it more enjoyable having these different loops. I mean, you'd go and buy lakes and it's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's kind of like semi, semi swampy, uh, but like not, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to, hard to describe, you know, just generalize the kind of, uh, biome or whatever that you have there. But, but yeah, and ended up a lot of really good runners end up coming from Tallahassee because the rival uh, in my in my high school in or I guess in my county in the city, uh, the same grade as me, his name was Suki Coleslaw, and as a junior, uh, most people don't don't realize like you know runners like this come come from Florida. But I, I remember as a junior at the state meet, he soloed wire to wire, leading every single step of the way. He ran four oh five. In, in, wow. in the in the um, Florida State meet, and you know it being Florida State meet, it was like 110 degrees. So that's like it's like absolutely insane. So he ended up going wow, to Dream yeah. Mile. He's been to Nike Nationals, Foot Locker Nationals, um, and so that was the rival uh, in my same city. So two, I mean, he he was you know better than me an, until like the last little bit of bit of high school. But, but yeah, I mean, there was there were some really really good talent all around. Like our team, the cross country average was like 15:30. Their team. No, ours fifteen thirty. I'm kidding. That's a lie. Their team average was fifteen thirty. Ours was like fifteen forty five, which is still like pretty pretty good for high school. I mean, especially in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like over here, I'm in New Jersey. Uh, there are definitely a ton of trails. Uh, we got like a lot of cross country courses nearby, like the state course, or like we have state sectionals. We have like a like several state meets. We have sectionals, groups, and meet of champs, but like the sectional course, it's actually like two minutes away from where I live. So it's really nice to just get the, all those training grounds. Uh, yeah. Like having all those access trails is amazing. Yeah. Do, do you think that helps? Like, like being able to uh, like, like race on the course that's just like right next to you guys. Cause we had the same thing. Uh, the, the, the state meet 
was in Tallahassee, and, and we'd work out there all the time too. Yeah, I'll be honest. Whenever I'm on the starting line before a race on that course, I always like try to remember how I've run there hundreds of times, and like I have a lot of experience there. I know. And it's kind of funny. You, you like analyze like the tangents of like every turn. It was like, oh, you want to take this turn like a little wide. And it probably, I mean, I mean, running's like simple. And like those advantages, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they're, they don't matter like as much as we think they do. But it's, it's just fun to just like know that you can like hit every tangent, you know, every single turn, you know, oh, this hill's hard. Don't blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, I even think, uh, I think NCAAs is going to be in Tallahassee next week at, at the high school the high school state meet course I ran all the time too. So, I mean, it's a, uh, I mean, they got, they got legit trails there for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So speaking like, like on a similar topic, high school, uh, one of your like races, uh, was the dream mile in New York city, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. and that was like a, I believe that was a, uh, diamond league meet that year. Um, with like runners like David Radisha, uh, Centrowitz, uh, Usain Bolt, I think. Um, so yeah, what was that experience like? Because like a lot of the meets, like the big meets, like high school at least are in like the West coast. So like even having something in New York city, uh, like how was that like that? I mean, honestly, I, I, I earlier said probably the biggest accomplishment was that was the, my first state title in my junior year, but that one actually may, may be the real answer. Uh, it was it, it meant so much to me because to qualify, um, you know Connor Mance? Yeah. To qualify, there was something called the uh I, I guess it was called the uh Golden South. It was called Golden South. And it was just a meet like in, in Orlando and the winner of that went to the Dream Mile. Okay. I, I didn't have the time, I wasn't selected because my senior year I was injured pretty much the entire year until pretty much district region state that's how it is in florida so pretty much until like uh, the last bit of bit of my season and so i i never really got to race and so i i i cross trained harder than i ever have in my life uh in the middle of that season when everyone's racing everyone's dropping these times i cross trained harder than i ever have in my life and that's that's a whole nother story but i ended up like getting a lot of momentum winning you know beating beating suki coleslaw in the mile um, at the state meet, I think I ran like 412 and then 153 to win state in the 800 same day. And so that was awesome. And I kept training by myself, um, into, into golden South. And the objective for that was just to win. And so the, really the competition, the competition there, it was me. Um, and then Connor Mans, as I said, was showed up to that meet and a guy named Bryce Balancefin, who had ran like, he's from Oklahoma, ran like 410. Um, and so I, I remember the splits for that race, it went 64, 63, 62, 59. And you, you should, I mean, pulling that race up would, I mean, it, yeah, the, I the saw last the, I saw the post race stuff, uh, like the, the coverage that they did, it was cool. Yeah. And, and I, that, that was back when I was like, maybe the tannest and ripest I've ever been since I was just cross training all the time. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, um, and so and so winning that race, and I won by I think it was 0.02 seconds on Connor Mance. He made a big move on me with the hundred meters, and I just somehow dug deep, and I couldn't even breathe after I've tried so hard. Anyway, and so and so making the dream mile there was just it was just awesome. It was absolutely unreal. 
you know, that like, you know, I worked so hard and actually paid off because hard work doesn't always pay off, but you know, to, to go farther than I ever have. And so I guess to your question of what was the dream mile like, I mean, it, it was, it was like my f- first real time in New York city. And if you ever been in New York city, I mean, it's, it's just nuts. You know, it's, it, 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 you know, it's the greatest city on earth, uh, for a reason. Um, so it's just absolutely gigantic. And we were in like a really fancy hotel with, you know, Usain Bolt was there at the time, Lolo Jones, we'd see just in the lobby, um, all these just amazing runners. And as well as like, you know, the people, the high schoolers I looked up to. So Grant Fisher was in that race. Um, Joe Klecker was in that race. Um, Drew Hunter. And so we were all just like hanging out. And so that was probably the best part is meeting those dudes because, you know, I was a largely unknown runner into that point, up to that point. So, and then Carlos Villarreal. Uh, and so it was, it was, it was awesome. And the meet was, I mean, Diamond Leagues, I, I assume, you know, it was treated the same, same way for us, but they, it's like, it's like, like a good bit of pressure because, you know, they do your check-in like every other meet and then, but it's a big TV broadcast. And so the time of you going on the track is like super big. And so like 15 minutes before the race, you stop warming up. They just corral you into this little, this just like almost like a shed with just a bunch of folding chairs around where, you know, that, that that's where you just like rush to throw your bib on because you didn't get your bib up to that point, rush to throw your numbers on. And it's just like this cramped room. It's just the pressure you just feel building, absolutely just building uh, before you you walked out. And then, you know, it it was a diamond league. So it's just like, it's absolutely packed. And so by the time they're like, okay, like time to race, you go out there and there's just people everywhere. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in, I, I had never really even raced outside of Florida before this. So it was just an absolutely wild experience. And and so the race was, for the most part, just a blur to me. I, I ran kind of as I always did. I started from the back, moved up a bit. And with one lap to go, I was like in position to win the race with like Drew Hunter, um, Joe Klecker was up there, uh, Mikey Brannigan was up there, um, just like in position to race. And, and I made this really hard move. I think I, I think I cut Joe Klecker off. And then with 300 to go, I, you know, the plug was just taken out of me absolutely just just i was unplugged and so that last 300 is probably the hardest i've ever ran to this day just grinding it i think that my last my last 100 itself was 20 seconds uh which isn't very fast for those who don't know how fast 100 times are that's very that's not fast at all (laughs) and i'm running 408 i got sixth and i i couldn't cool down i was so tired which was really unusual for me but but yeah i mean that that was it, it was crazy. And to this day, probably the craziest meet I've ever been at for sure. Wow. Yeah. That, that seems like an amazing uh, experience. And like, just as a listener of your podcast, it's so interesting to like some of the guests you got, like you mentioned like that race so many times, like, like obviously with the guests who like you, you raced with um, at that meet. So it's so cool that you guys don't mention that like years yeah, it's later. My biggest flex for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. Th- and th- that's like a, yeah. Like coming, like <laughs> watching that race. Oh my, that, that was, it's, it's really cool. And like, they did so much coverage leading up to that. Uh, I mean, okay. So I'm saying this like after the fact, I wasn't like a big running fan. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was about to say that was, that was what, 2015. Yeah. 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 I was in fifth grade, but, uh, uh, yeah, no, when I see like on miles split stuff like that now, it's like, wow, that seems like a really cool meet. Yeah, no, it, 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 it was, and I still have my Jersey. And so 
No, it was fun. And, and, and you know, as I said, a lot of those runners went on to do really great things. Two Olympians. Two? Yeah, two Olympians were in there. How many NCAA champions? I guess Madrid. I don't know. It, it, it was a deep race, and, you know, still, that's, that's, that's probably one of my top running experiences for sure. So that's why I bring it up, and it's, it's just fun to talk about. Because, like, a lot of even with, like, the pro runners, it's still, like, the craziest meet they've ever been to as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Were you, were you a fan of, like, professional and collegiate running uh, back then? Like, did, were you like, oh, my, wow, these runners are so – like, did you follow the sport then? I Because I, I've always kind of, like, uh, paid attention to, like, what what was relevant to me. So I, I would say, like – uh, I, I was, I wouldn't say I was a big, I mean, I, I knew I, I watched all the, I watched like collegiate nationals, I watched NCAAs, I watched like all the dime, like a good bit of diamond leagues, but I wouldn't say I followed it as much as I do now. Uh, for, but I was more of like a, a Florida mile split fan. <laughs> like I, I knew every single Florida runner if they were decent, you know, I, I knew every Florida runner that ran like an all right time. Uh, so I, I knew everything about Florida running and where people were going guys and girls. Uh, and then co- in college, you know, that's when I learned more about college. Uh, and then and, and in pro running, it's it's difficult to follow, unfortunately, uh, for the most part. You're just, you're just relying on, like, flow track. But as far as, like, the pro meets that pop up, they're they're all, for the most part, kind of random. Uh, yeah. I, feel I like. mean, like, recently we've seen, like, like, yours included so many podcasts documenting it. So that definitely helps a lot as, like, a fan of the the professional world. That's true. And I guess back then, I mean, I didn't even, like – even though there were some like serious running podcasts until I guess, you know, you know, I, I, like three ish years ago. Cause I'm mean, before that, there really weren't any to begin with. So yeah, I guess podcasts do definitely help unincluded. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So transitioning to um, like your, your college career um, at Georgia tech, uh, what was that like running and studying at like such a, such an amazing school? Yeah. So I'll talk a bit about like my college decision. Uh, it was between it was between Georgia Tech and University of Florida, so it's just like a coin flip. And University of Florida would obviously have been, I mean, Georgia Tech's fine, but it would have been it would have been the better track school. You know, they won a few national championships in track. Uh, like you know, if I would have gone there, um, but I chose Georgia Tech because, uh, and this kind of describes my experience there. Um, because I was, I was like, I was really torn because I mean, UF's a good school to begin with, but I mean, Georgia Tech's like, you know, one of like top five engineering schools in the, in the world. Uh, and I knew it'd be challenging. And, and to be fair, I'm not like, I'm not that wizard smart. Like my SAT scores, ACT scores weren't that good, but I just tried really hard in school. And so I had enough APs. Uh, I knew I could handle it just because I've always tried so hard. Um, and so like the thing I asked myself is where would I be the most happy at? Uh, when I was 30. So 10 years after, or I guess eight years after I graduated from college, where would I have been the most happy? And, you know, people from Georgia Tech make a lot of money. And so that's kind of like where why I chose that. I was like, you know, it's, it's a hard bet. Because, I mean, at University of Florida, it's a good school, but there's a little bit of riffraff. So it's not like a guarantee uh, that I'd be just like an absolute baller out, out of graduating. But at Georgia Tech, it almost was. Um so that's why that's why I went there, and the, and the experience was was kind of like what I signed up for. It was for the most part a grind. Um, I mean, th- there were some semesters. I, my my sophomore semester, the the second sec, I guess second part of my sophomore year, 
was probably the hardest top man, like maybe one of the hardest I've ever worked and will ever work in my life. Um, I had just started a part-time job at like the Home Depot Innovation Center messing with like VR, which was an absolutely insane job. But anyway, so I got like this, this crazy job at like Home Depot Innovation or whatever. I was uh, just like doing like supply chain box things within like VR. It was a stupid project, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not going to, that's beside the point. But hey, so I was working on that and I, and I was taking some like flagship college classes. Um, one of them was like, was like low level, um, I mean, it's kind of hard to describe describe the general audience of with coding, but it, it was it, it was like low level working with like C, like working like understanding how computers work with like I was, I was writing stuff in binary, and and that was you know not, not stuff you normally do. So that was that was one of the the flagship difficult classes of of you know the computer science department. And then there was another one. There was like this like game making class that was just took so much time because it was just one big competition of like who could make the coolest product project each time. Cause there, cause it's not just like a, Oh, you got a 100 on this homework because you did all this. That class was like, you have to make the coolest thing and it's graded against your, you know, your, your classmates. So it has, to, and I'm like, they're all like Georgia tech. So I was just, I spent so much time into all my different classes. And then on top of that running. And so my yeah. days that semester was, I would wake up around 10 a.m. and I'll get I'll get to 10 a.m. or even 11 a.m. and I'll get to why I was that that late later, and then immediately either go to my first class or go to lunch instead of breakfast, and then immediately after that I would just go to classes all day and in between classes I would do a bunch of homework, uh, and then go to practice at three, and this this was this was one this was my breakout year as well so uh, I think I, I, I ran that was the first time I ran 147, uh, and I ran 147. Four, three, three times that year. Uh, and so I, mean, I, I was taking running very seriously, you know, ice bathing after doing all the recovery stuff. And then immediately after go to dinner immediately after from, I guess around seven to around one, I would just work, 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 whether that be, cause I, I would work in the, the Home Depot innovation lab because it was open 24 seven. So I'd, I would, I would go there and either like get on the clock and get some stuff done or I would do the homework. And the most part, I'd be doing the homework. And, and it wasn't like I was just like casually doing that, watching like shows or whatever. Like I was just absolutely working my ass off. And then at 1 a.m. Or, or, or 12, I mean, sometimes, you know, I'd finish at like 1130. I would just bike back to my dorm and then just fall asleep immediately uh, with nothing and then do it again the next day. And so that was probably like, you know, and, and, and like that was like one of those semesters where I couldn't have lasted another month after it ended. It was just it was that difficult, but I'm really grateful for it. Uh, that, that, that was also one of the most fulfilling semesters I've ever had in my life. So I wouldn't do it again, but it was definitely worth it. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and the rest of the semesters were just kind of like in-betweens like that. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, that's very motivational to hear. Like I just wrapped up junior year and it was obviously not like the Georgia text. Uh, like high school blind. can be hard. I, I, high school. I mean, I, I understand high school can be hard, but yeah. Yeah. For sure, uh, yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned this um, like briefly, uh, but uh, yeah. So y- you did like a lot of coding stuff in um, in co- in college and even currently now. Um, yeah, I didn't mention this, but I'm like really into computer science as well, and uh, I'm specifically interested in uh, neurotechnology uh, and like computational neuroscience. But I'm super into like just like 
a lot a lot of stuff that involves like coding. It, but, is is that is that like like you're interested in like learning algorithms? Uh so like so uh let's see. So there's this one technology called like uh the brain computer interfaces where uh, you're able to uh, like interface with a computer using like an EEG headset. Okay, so like so like like neuro as in like literally like your brain. Yeah, like the human like brain. Fancy yeah. term. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not. I haven't gotten too what, much what, into. What, what's that thing? Uh, Elon Musk is that the Neuralink. Neuralink. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that, that's something that's I find super fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I've only heard of that stuff passing, and it's just kind of like I don't know uh i i'm excited to see where that goes but but yeah i know that's that's uh yeah, that's def- definitely not what i do <laughs> yeah yeah so know. talking yeah. about what what you do so according to my research uh you majored in well not it's like when i say research i'm not like not doing the type of research you do uh for years like we'll get into that later like your your sure. interesting trivia questions uh but um yeah so you majored in computational media at uh, Georgia Tech, which as far as I know, is like an interdisciplinary major where it's like combining CS and like the arts and like design. Uh, so what intrigued you about that specific like field of study? And like, yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So I, as you also know, you know, I do TikTok. And so media has always been something that's been like really, you know, interesting uh, to me. And, and actually, even in high school, I, I was taking a, I guess, uh, I, I was, I was on the TV production class. So I, I would, I would make all the crazy, uh, like particle effect intros to like dubstep for like, like the news and whatever. And so, and, and that stuff did take some, like, you had to like code some, some math in there, uh, to, to do, I mean, what I'm describing. Okay. Let, let me see if I can put this a little more, less visual, um, so you know, like like the the ESPN uh, kind of like crazy transitions between like yeah. you know like all these letters would come up and like swipe away or whatever, all like the 3D models. Uh, so I, I would I would make a bunch of those for my school news, and oh, wow. and so that was that was uh, the part that made me like I really enjoyed it. So I liked the media part, and I also liked the technology part. And my degree it was almost as good as a, as a CS degree uh, at, at, a, at Georgia Tech. And I was really interested in design. Like, I mean, th- there's really nothing that a computer scientist takes besides maybe like some like database and some like true backend stuff um, that, that the CS majors take that I don't take. So I was just as proficient as, you know, most CS, most CS majors doing computational media plus I could really have fun with design and like, you know, I, I do stuff with Photoshop uh, and that was all skills that I learned with that. And, and I made a lot of video games. My, what I, what I wanted to do for a long time was I guess make video games. Um, but I also learned of like the people, the people that people that I met that are like passionate making video games and the people that like know how to, that's where I'm convinced the smartest people in the world, the smartest people that are, that, that are in technology are are into video gaming. I, I am convinced the stuff they do is absolutely just nuts. Like I mean, like even like like the Neuralink, you know, all that stuff is like really impressive. But the people that you know are the back end of coding, like I mean, you know, coding all like the shaders for like all, all like the AAA video games. I think those are like the some of the smartest people in the world because it, it's it's just truly insane stuff. And so that that's that's yeah. really where my uh, 
that's really why why it was computational media is just because I you know I, I like the visual stuff and I felt like I've always been decent at it. Yeah, that's really cool. Like sometimes, like I don't play video games much, but like when I used to, uh, I'm just like wow, like the engineers, the developers that are behind this, like the people, like oh my, it's crazy. Like just you like, really take it for granted, but you you don't understand that like every pixel that you're watching is some like incomprehensibly complicated math that you know that that is tricking your brain to think that you're in a 3d platform and like every video game is also like uh like its own like virtual machine on your computer so they're like they're not only coding just like the cool little like uh like i guess a uh, vector math to, so you can see the visuals they're also like almost writing writing their own scripting language like inside your computer so it's 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 really ridiculous stuff uh but you know obviously the more you learn about it the more impressive it becomes yeah yeah definitely so like we touched on like your favorite workout and like favorite season and stuff like that but on a on a similar note to what we're talking about what's your favorite programming language hmm probably i mean I don't know. I, I I'm kind of in the field of thought that like the programming language doesn't matter. It, it isn't the hard part. It's just kind of like a different flavor of what you're trying to do. Yeah. But for the vast majority of my life, I, I do like object oriented stuff. And so that being C sharp, that I, I like when I made games, it was all in C sharp, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but I mean, I don't really have a well thought, you know, articulate answer to, you know, I'm not going to say like Go or some, you know, like. It, it, in-depth like fun language but i mean i'm probably just gonna say c sharp because i end up just staying in object oriented stuff a lot and i like to do creative stuff with it nice nice yeah i'd have to say mine is python uh yeah like i i mean i've just had like classes uh in high school for like like freshman year was python sophomore year was c and then like ap comp sci which was java and mm. like for for all those i i like and like just projects that i've done on my own i just like Python, I've uh, I've had like fun. Python's over. Python's great and it's super quick. It's but it's it's more you can't really build anything that big on Python, uh, because I guess like if you're working in like in like an IDE or I mean we're probably confusing so many people talking about this. Uh, but <laughs> long story short, if you make gigantic programs in Python, it can, it can be more challenge. It can add more problems and solutions. Yeah, yeah, I, I like. I feel like every like language just they have its pros and cons. Cause like Python, uh, it's super good for like data science and like machine learning and stuff. But yeah, uh, where I feel we're, we're kind of going away from like the running talk. But yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I find this stuff like it, it's interesting to talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, but it's just, it's not even just like someone that can like grasp. There's like if someone can like you know like use their intuition to kind of understand like what we're talking like no they have no idea you know <laughs> yeah yeah this is a running podcast so uh, yeah. i guess this is kind of like a kind of to do with running kind of not kind of to do with, with kind of like similar to what we're talking about but in one of your uh podcast episodes you talked about like a game that you're working on or like thinking about working on um relating to possibly relating to running so can you talk a little bit about that yes so this is this is pretty much what i'm starting to put all my focus on to uh and it, it's more of just like a childhood dream of mine is to fully flesh out finish and release a game but as i said like games are really hard to make so i'm gonna be completely honest before i go into this it's probably gonna it's probably not gonna be fun it's probably gonna suck but 
I'm going to do it nonetheless because I've always wanted to. But anyways, the idea is, is that when I was, when I, when I was in quarantine, absolutely losing my mind, um, I was, I was thinking about, you know, other things to spend my time with, uh, cause I couldn't really make the TikToks that I wanted to, um, you know, and I was kind of losing interest with TikTok in the first place. Cause I, I don't know. I honestly, I feel like I scratched that itch. You know, I got, I got, I was happy with the amount of followers I got. Uh, and, and so I was thinking about what to do and a video game popped into my head because I saw these channels on TikTok wildly successful about game development. So there, there, there's an example of someone who made a video game called shotgun farmers. And over the course of a year, they, they, they released little snippets of like, oh, this is the new gun. It's like, I don't know, like the, the carrot AK-47 or something, you know, just like silly stuff like that. And this, this channel got like millions of followers. It got millions of views. And by the time, and, and, the, and the guy wasn't like a super experienced game dev. And by the time the guy released Shotgun Farmers, the day of release, it was the number one on the Xbox store. Wow, yeah. And people, people work so much harder than he did and make so much better games to have like 10 players and so i was thinking of like okay there's this really good niche of people making games on tiktok um uh, and and so i look more and there's a bunch of people doing it and the people love those th- and like and and there weren't nearly as many people doing it as i thought should because it seemed like such a hack uh and mo- most people most game devs social media is just like twitter and reddit and you know i mean people are it's just too much competition. So, I mean, and so I was thinking of like, Oh, I like, I, I've always wanted to make a video game. I'm going to make a, a video game on TikTok. And so right now I'm really working through the, the fundamentals to be able to have that first wow trailer on TikTok because I, I really want to knock people's socks off. Cause I mean, with, with the first impression of it, because I, I totally understand that like, Oh, there's this jabroni podcaster TikTok or want to make a video game. Why would I take them seriously? So I really want to just have like a really insane first look. And the idea for the game is, is that it's not much of like a track game as it is like a trail running game, because you can go onto Google maps and use the API and download 3d data of pretty much anywhere in the world. And so I'm taking let's, and so the first level, let's say for instance, is it's, it's the flat irons in um, Boulder, Colorado which is one of the, the flagship backgrounds. Like, you know, if you, if you're, if you're on Instagram and you have like a background of, you know, in the flat irons, you know, you, you're going to get a lot of likes. It's just a very beautiful place. And so that was another tactic in my mind is like, what matters more when marketing a video game, what matters more is how the game looks than how it plays. Because watching, like watching a game doesn't like, as long as like there's fun stuff going on, like you don't, you don't really know how fun it is besides like the artwork and so i'm focusing way more on the artwork uh and so what i did is is i got flat irons i i downloaded it i found it a good color palette and i want to do it on mobile and so it has to be a little more a little more simple uh and so i went over and kind of did like a fun stylish like low poly version of the trail eh, of the trail made a little 3d guy and to get his animation i i uh, i found this software which is um it's like it's like it's it's called deep motion and uh, more or less um what it is is you, is you upload a video a stationary video of someone doing uh, a movement and it'll convert that movement into an animation that I can slap onto my guy 
And so I took a treadmill video of Jakob Ingebrigtsen, uh, got his running form and just slapped it on my guy. And and right now I'm in the middle of like making some touches on it because it's not perfect. The, the weird thing is, is, is I have his running form. It's absolutely perfect. But the animation has his head like going like this while he runs. And so it just looks absolutely just like ridiculous um, just because his head is just moving all over the place. So I'm working on stabilizing his head. And uh, and yeah, and, and the annoying and the thing that, that I said it's hard is like I have to, I don't know how to animate. I've never animated 3D figures for figures before. So I have to learn how to do that and then do, and then, you know, stabilize his head before I move on to everything else. So uh, that's all, that's pretty much what I have so far. And then, um, and then, yeah, I'm just, I'm just having fun with it. So, so that, that's the game. And, and hopefully, and it's going to take forever because I'm also, I'm working a, a full-time coding job now. So it's going to take absolutely forever to get the game out, but hopefully I finish it. Yeah, that that sounds like really really cool. Like I'm not just saying like that actually sounds like super exciting. Uh Yeah, wow. So are you planning on do- documenting that like on TikTok primarily because I feel like yeah. like I'm not on TikTok, but I feel like there's also a huge audience on YouTube as well. That's the thing is I have to really really be clever about my time because I'm also I'm still running and you know working out I'm still working a full-time job and I want to do well in that full-time job. And so I really only have like maybe like 30 minutes to two hours a day that I'm also tired in and it would do well on YouTube, but I just, I just don't think I, I can just stretch myself that far to edit YouTube videos, make them how I want them to be like, you know, really be make, make videos I'm proud of. And so, and I can just get a lot more bang for my buck on TikTok and it's just what I know. And so it's really just a matter of resources and bandwidth is kind of why I'm just staying on TikTok. Uh, not, not that I think it's genuinely the better solution, but it's just cause you know, I have to, I'd rather have a product than just burn myself out and, you know, not be able to finish it. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, it's super impressive though, how you're like doing this like side project or like this game and then all of your other like your work and like everything else that that's just super uh like impactful yeah and i i guess while we're on the topic uh i, I guess i'll go ahead and, and, and break the news I, I i think i'm i'm gonna i guess end up taking a step back from the the podcast as well just because of, i want to focus on the game um because it's just been harder and harder to reach out to guests and i mean i feel like i've done a lot i've had a lot of conversation near the end it kind of feels like you know the conversation kind of I don't know. I'm not getting much more out of it, out of each conversation, because they all kind of feel a bit repetitive. Um, and so, so yeah, I guess I, I guess I might as well break break that news while I'm here. Is you know, I'm, I'm taking a step back from the podcast. Uh, you know, not 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 bitter about anything, but just to maybe put more energy into other places. Because you know, I've I've I burned myself out uh, trying to. Uh, I guess you know, going into quarantine, and you know, that's something that really messed me up. So yeah yeah that's understandable yeah that totally makes sense hey everyone it's me editing this podcast right now uh we had to take a quick break um a quick pause uh, at this moment in the in the conversation because the room that i was recording the the episode in actually went completely dark and i had to turn a light back on and fix the lighting and everything but as we return to the conversation, Avery and I continue talking about his podcast because, you know, I feel like 
the listeners of his his podcast and his work truly enjoy his content and I felt like it's something worth acknowledging. So yeah, with that being said, let's get right back into the episode. To talk a little bit about the podcast that you've worked on, uh, which is like really amazing as a as a listener, um, like super good conversations are there. Um, how how did your like involvement with running things considered start? So, so th- this was kind of like the peak of my 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 TikTok stuff. Um, so I was I was racking in like a good good amount of views um, there, and so my buddy Zane, uh, you know Zane, yeah, the co-host. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess he saw that as an opportunity of like, you know, like, Hey, that's a momentum. You know, you can use your TikTok fame and we can do a podcast together. And so, and he, he knew Chris, I didn't know Chris Chavez, uh, from city smack. I didn't know who he, I barely even knew who he was, uh, besides just knowing that he was behind city smack. Um, and so, and so Zane asked me to do it and we got it and it was just super quick. And just from right there, we did it. And then from the start, I was like, you know, like if, if we're going to know this is going to be a, like a legit thing, let's do 50 episodes. And so from the start, I was like, let's do 50 episodes. Cause like, you really, you really like don't know, like if, if it's worth your time, unless you get that far or know if you really like it until you like really get a good bit. And so the next thing you know, you know, we were, we, I guess we did about maybe 10 episodes, just us. And those were tons of fun, but then we kind of got, you know, got a little, little bored of that format, got some guests on, had some fun, switched up the format a little bit, and we got to talk to some really great people. Um, and so it, it was, it was tons of fun. I'm really happy with uh, how far it, how far it got too. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you guys were like really consistent with like your your uploading for that as well. Like you could always uh, see it on Thursday it'll be out. Uh, how, how do you have any like advice for that? Like or just like talk? Can you talk a little bit about that? How consistent you guys were yeah. with that well it, it was because we always wanted to be in because and it took a while for the thursday to be the date that we always did uh we always said just weekly 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 um but but that but then but then like we were inconsistent for a little bit and it definitely affected our views and so i was just like let's just do it thursday every time and i and i kind of I mean, I mean, Zane's not much of like a, you know, a super strict schedule guy. And so I kind of got into his case a little too much for his liking about, you know, get it done every week. Um, cause that, that's why he would like miss, miss every once in a while. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, we released on Thursday and usually over the weekend I'd reach out to people and that was the most stressful thing of all time is getting a guest. Cause I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't really plan ahead because I wanted to see who I wanted to talk to that week. Like I wanted to see who had a good race that week and then I could just pick on and hopefully they'd say yes and we could talk about it. So it was just a really like last minute thing most every time. And so, and that's why some weeks like we just wouldn't get a guest. I would ask like five people, no one to respond or sometimes like, like no one to respond until like the Thursday and like five people would respond. And then, you know, I couldn't, I would just, juggle all of them um but yeah i mean i, I it, we, it wasn't as organized as you think of release on thursday but i just really made an effort to because because i knew like all my favorite podcasts i know when they release and then if and, and the podcasts that don't really have a scheduled time they're not weekly they're like you know they're like every day or two um yeah 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 i'll say from like the listener perspective 
like having that day like it was normally like after track practice that like it was released so that was like super like just good as uh as a listener and yeah like that's one of my goals for this podcast uh i've uploaded i think seven or eight um episodes so far um my goal is just to be like really consistent with it because like everyone youtubers podcasters they all like like what engineers they all say consistency is consistency is key yeah no it it really is but i will say like it's gonna be hard to get i mean unless you like front load them which it it was always just kind of stressful doing that it it kind of got out of my rhythm a little bit if i if i like planned ahead too many weeks uh because it was just hard to get back into it um but 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 yeah no i mean it's definitely a thing and it it is difficult because like you really you really like add way more pressure to yourself if you say okay i have to do this every thursday uh because then i have to find a guest every thursday and you know sometimes you know i'd get somebody who i didn't you know entirely care about talking to uh it's just you know sometimes it happens and then you know uh but you know it's better than nothing it's better than nothing for sure yeah yeah so talking a little bit more about like the podcast uh you talked about like reaching out to guests uh which for me for some reason i like like kind of like like doing like i don't know i just like like cold emailing people and like it's just like like i i, I reached out to it's you through linkedin deal. like i i just I, I like doing that that was that was random yeah i mean yeah i like doing the unconventional <laughs> unconventional stuff like you know instagram yeah. dms that's conventional i used to do that for like reaching out to people but you know linkedin it's just like whoa why is this guy messing with me have, have, have you had a, have you had a better success rate on linkedin uh let's see actually yeah like i'd say like 90 percent. yeah well, well wow. i just started reaching out on linkedin but like in general sure. like reaching out to people on linkedin has been like pretty successful yeah yeah that's awesome so uh yes yeah for me it's been all dms In, yeah dms and then yeah twitter has been pretty unsuccessful that yeah that, that it's worked sometimes but other times not worked uh but yeah yeah so that's like the outreach aspect um can you talk about like the the research that you do because i mean you're not doing like obviously you're not doing like deep like case intense research but like no. you have an interesting format where you like do trivia questions and stuff like that so like what like how are you coming up with these questions like what's like the preparation for your podcast like this is a good question this is a good question um kind of the best thing i do is i love listening to podcasts so i i have a, and most of the guests who come on have been on podcasts before it's rarely ever their first podcast uh, and, and if it is, you know, I struggle, but for the most part, I just, I listen to a podcast that they're on and the thing I pay the most attention to is stuff that they're excited about talking about, you know, yeah. like I've, I've learned to really avoid the generic questions of like, uh, I, I, I mean, you know, just like, just like, gen, gen, I mean, I listen to interviews and just like the questions that they're not excited about. Uh, I, I kind of be like, okay, I'm not going to ask them that maybe if they had a huge race in their life, uh, but they've talked about it a million times. I just like, won't really talk about that. Cause they get asked about it a bunch. Uh, I try not to, sometimes I do, but I try not to. Um, and then from there I write down the five topics that I want to talk about. And sometimes they're just like, you know, sometimes I do like mental questions. Like I think like the, like there's the, the temperature one I asked that, uh, was really good. Um, with the Ellie Hennis episode, uh, that ended up being really fruitful. 
but it was just like, 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 like how good do you want to be? And then I take that back. Okay. That's like temperature. It's a metaphor I've heard before. Uh, and then I, I take that and I kind of just Google temperature and then I find like a description of it and form that into a question. Or if it's just like, Oh, I want to talk about their college experience. I'll go Oregon and blah, 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 blah. Okay. You know, when was Hayward field, blah, 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 blah. And then the answer is, is here. So I, I go questions. I go, I go content. What I want to talk about, form that into five topics and then form the five topics into trivia questions. And they're not always great, but I mean, it, it's not the, I don't know. That's not the most important part of the podcast. You know, I think the the answer is the most important part. Yeah. 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 For, for, for my like preparation. Uh, I mean, yeah, I also listen to like podcasts, like as much as like, Pod, like so for years for example uh for, for this episode i listen well i'm a listener of your podcast like generally but uh i know you've done like an a, a, like a few more other podcasts listen to those and then like reading mile split articles from like high school you know you can get just as much stuff as possible and then uh yeah yeah mile split articles um I, I interviewed Jonathan Gall, uh, who's like uh, the staff writer at letsrun.com. So I read his articles. So yeah, honestly, just doing that kind of stuff has been helpful for for preparation for this podcast. Yeah, because for me, it's like I'm, you know, I have, I, I'm dyslexic. And so reading is just kind of like, it, it, it's it's kind of off the table for me a little bit. Uh, and so I like audio is just the way I do it. And I can really like, I don't know, do other things while I listen. Uh so it's, it's almost always podcast for me. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, yeah, out of that, out of like all those re, uh, like preparation stuff, yeah, podcast is definitely like the major one for, mm-hmm. for me uh, as well. Um, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Also, I was trying to like, because I know you have like the trivia question format. I was trying to do something like that for this episode, but I was just like, all right, how do I do this? I was trying to fit in something with computer science. And then uh, it's not as easy as you'd you think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't like give up or anything, but it was like, wow, a lot of these like things on Wikipedia mention something that's gonna give it away in the answer. Like, it's very impressive. But it's you, kind of the you... point, though, like, because like sometimes if it's too hard, it's not that fun. But sometimes it's too easy, it's not that fun. So it's really hard to find the middle ground of like what's a fun, challenging question. Yeah, that, that's yeah, a big sure. challenge for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess to, to kind of like wrap things up a bit, um. You know, uh, like we've all had fun these this like last month watching the Olympics um, and like all Olympic trials, even uh, just watching track and field. Uh, mm-hmm. were, were you excited about any races in specific uh, these past few months? And yeah, yeah. for sure. And I, and I mean, I'm not going to everyone. Everyone knows what the best race was. And it's the men's 1500. That's not an original answer. It's just the right answer. All right. You know, it, it, the field was nuts. Everyone's watching like, what can Cole Hawker run? What is Jakob going to beat chariot? He's, he's never beat him or hasn't beat him. And was it like 12 times, you know, and there's all these, all these like Jake Whiteman's on fire. Josh Kerr's on fire. You know, Oliver Hoare is on fire. Like so much could go down. It was just such an insanely deep field. And then to see, to, to see them go out at such a hot pace and then Jakob to slowly come from the back and take the win. That was that was awesome to see. And it wasn't, I mean, a huge surprise, but it, it was like, is what you needed to see. Like he needed to be a gold medalist because he's going to end up being the greatest of all time. Unless he just like wake up, wakes up one day and is like, like, I don't know, like maybe I'm interested in 
I don't know, poetry or something, but probably not, probably won't happen. Uh, so, so I, so I think him winning was great. And then Cole Hawker, and it doesn't even make any, it doesn't, it literally doesn't even make any sense the season that he's had. His season makes no sense. It's not good for the sport. It doesn't make any sense how he's ran so fast. It really doesn't. He, he, ran, he ran 350 in like February and it's about to be February. Like that, it's like, it's absolutely absurd. So, I mean, I'm happy for him, but it's not good for the sport because it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, you know, but I'm happy that that was, that was exciting. That was exciting for sure. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like, like, I feel like, like every single event in the Olympics was like really interesting. Like you got like Sifan Hassan going for like, yeah, uh, she's the triple. nuts. <laughs> she's nuts. Like, so, there's so many storylines, like just around the Olympics, but like there was just so much anticipation surrounding that that 1500 yeah final. yeah it i just like i, I hate to have that. a boring answer but i think it's the right answer but yeah sifan is on what was that thing that uh world athletics posted Ooh, i i didn't i didn't see oh it was like I, I, this could have been fake because it was sent in my in my friend group but it's just it, it was like a meme of like uh of like of like Safan Hassan's like to-do list. And I don't know if this is some slang or like some, some British slang, some Australian slang, but it just had a list of like five things. And it just said like whacking, 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 whacking. I don't know. Um, and so it, it was just kind of funny to see, uh, you know, Safan Hassan whack, you know, for that, that many, that many, uh, that many races. Um, it was just, I, I think Jimmy Worth like posted that, which is absolutely absurd. <laughs> Like yeah, I, I I don't know what that's about. I I didn't see that, but uh, just like the total mileage of that triple, like it's insane. Like it's like two two yeah, yeah like two five k's. Then you got three fifteen hundreds, and then a ten k. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's like ridiculous attempts like that because she got two golds, one bronze, right? Oh oh wait wait, can you repeat that? Sorry, she got she got two golds, one bronze, right? Yeah yeah yeah, the bronze and the fifteen. Like that's. And, and and she even fell and got back up and won her heat in the 15, running like four flat. So that's what I'm saying is like insane performances like that. It's like not, it's like, doesn't make any sense. Like it's like, it's, 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 it's like a, I don't know. Like if you watch basketball and someone scores like 80 points shooting from half court, like it's, it's just confusing. It's like really just like ridiculous and hard to wrap your head around because it shouldn't happen it shouldn't ever happen and so it's just absolutely just like it's almost like too impressive for me it's like it's just like out of this world i'm just like like what's happening here like what like how am i gonna have an opinion on that that's just like not real it's made up you know it's absolutely insane that she did that yeah all those performances were so inspiring and impressive yeah over overall overall olympics super super exciting uh super exciting stuff uh and then yeah we got eugene uh worlds next year and i got tickets for that oh yeah yeah i want i want to go to that and then pre-classic coming up as well um that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be exciting but i'm always i'm always curious of like if i were in the shoes of the olympians and this is probably the most mentally, and it clearly is the most mentally taxing Olympics. In a, I mean, in, a, in my memory, which I mean is decent, but it's just like, you know, you, you, it's like you train, you have an extra year to train for the Olympics and it's just everything. There's no, there's no fans. And so it might just be the most mentally difficult Olympics. So I'm like, 
if I were to like build up for two years to this, like, how can I care about races after? I don't know. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure since they're like all the best in the world, they're going to run stupid fast. But like, I feel like as an athlete, that must just be like, like, just like, oh, more. <laughs> like, I thought we were done. You know, I got gold medals, but, but, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to run great. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just sympathetic to having to go through an insane season and having to keep running. Yeah. I, I thought like, okay, the Olympics were so recent. All right. Maybe not like, all the top runners in the world are going to be at the meet, but no, there, yeah, there are some really fast people going. All of them, yeah. yeah, for real. And I know even some of my some of my teammates too. Like after the trials, like you know, they say like, oh, like we got to keep racing, and they almost like quit. They didn't. They they were so tired. They like didn't want to race anymore. So, <laughs> but they, I mean, they are. But it just seems like just mentally, just phew, forget about it. But yeah, no, it's. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I just feel bad for him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyways, yeah. No, this is r- really fun to talk about. Uh, like all of this stuff we talked about, like how you got into running, your high school, college. We talked CS, and then like oh, some, yeah. some some current stuff. So yeah. Oh yeah. Good good, good stuff. Uh, great talking to you. Th- thanks so much for joining me today. Absolutely, and I ho- hope this does well. And you know. Thank, I'm, I'm happy you're a fan of the podcast. <laughs>